This episode of Uzo Talk is brought to you by Kingsford Smith Transport. Have a group that needs transporting? KST has you covered with their fleet of professionally maintained buses and coaches, catering from 9 to 57 passengers and driven by experienced drivers. Visit kstbuses.com.au to talk to the team and make your booking. Kingsford Smith Transport, proud sponsors of the Uzo Talk podcast. There's no Uzo Talk without a bottle of Uzo, which is why we love the Greek Provador. Get a real taste of the very best produce that Greece has to offer. From olive oils and delicious artisan sweets to unique spirits, earthy herbs and memorable wines. Visit thegreekprovador.com.au to see their amazing range. The Greek Provador, proud sponsors of the Uzo Talk podcast. Hi everyone, Nikki with a quick message before we get into the episode. This is our 50th episode and final episode for season two. Wow, what a year. On behalf of Tom and I, we wanted to say a big thank you to our sponsors, in particular, the Greek Provador, for quenching our thirst with delicious tasting Greek beverages, along with Meet the Greek, Millaway, and Fly Me Now. But most importantly, to you for tuning in. You're all legends. Thank you for all your supportive messages, five-star ratings on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and more importantly, spreading the word to your family and friends. Even to the guy telling all the Greek girls at the Qantas Club on how good Uzo Talk is. And to tune in, <laughs> you legend. That's why we'll be back in January to bring you Season 3 with exciting guests already locked in and a special announcement coming your way shortly. So from Tom and I, Merry Christmas and a happy, safe new year. We look forward to Season 3 of Uzo Talk. Sound is... I don't think I've ever asked you, Nick, but would you count yourself as being artistic in any way? You know what, Tom? Growing up, definitely not. But after 30, I'm very much into art. I love it now. Yeah, but can you draw or paint or anything like that? It's one thing to, to appreciate art. It's another. It's quite another thing to actually be able to do it, isn't it? I'm still on stick figures, mate. <laughs> I am terrible at drawing and painting. But I love looking at it and I can appreciate art. But, yeah, terrible. High, high civilization, high society, to some degree, isn't it? Look, we, right. we, we've been fortunate enough to have performers. What about you? What about you? Me? I me. heard you're a bit of an artist. I do draw a fair bit and paint a little bit, but not to the same level that our uh, that our guest is today. Let me let me assure you of that. You know, <laughs> we'll put, let's just put that out there. Nothing like that. But look, as I said, we've had performers, musicians, writers on the show before, but today we're lucky enough to have our very first genuine artist artist uh, I bet I bet you she could draw and paint web way better than both of us combined though Nick what do you reckon <laughs> uh, I think you're on to something there you're probably right yeah yeah well look let's let's introduce her because um, we you know we don't want to waste too much of her time because she is a she is a busy lady but I guess there's a conceptual artist famed for creating color splashed Greek pop art inspired pieces with Greece as a main source of inspiration Using traditional Greek symbols in her work, including images such as the Tarukia, worn by the Presidential Guard, the Greek flag, and many others, her art is as unique as it is inspiring and patriotic. Her works, her works have been, now been displayed in numerous solo and group exhibitions in Greece and abroad as far back as 2002. Most recently, she displayed her exhibition, Greece in New York, in Manhattan between June and September of 2023. Most interestingly for us, though, is that one of her works is proudly owned by one of our other Uzo Talk guests, brand and marketing legend Peter Economides, who was categorical in his opinion that we absolutely <laughs> needed to get her on the show. I'm proud to say that the moment has finally come. <laughs> so joining us from Athens right now is the lovely Caroline Ravithi. Welcome to Uzo Talk, Caroline. Hello. Hello, hello. hello. It's, uh, thank you so much for having me on the show, and it's a great honor. And it's the first time I'm uh, connected to Australia. So I'm very excited about it. Wow. Um, we are genuinely honoured to be the first uh, connection to Australia then. And I'm sure that somewhere down the line you'll be exhibiting stuff here or something along those lines. You know, we're sure that we'll see much more of you on, the, on these shores in the coming years because, I mean, Nick, you and I have both seen, you know, the, the level of work that Caroline has done and it's been all over the world, hasn't it? It has. Look, you're a true, genuine artist. Your stuff that you produce, you know, represents our culture. It's all around the world and... Uh, Look, it's amazing, and I just can't wait to hear more about it. Well, what we'll do now, in, in true or Talk fashion, let's have a drink to begin with. So, what do you reckon, Nick? Should we do it? I think so, mate. Time for a drink.
lips than Yamas. Cheers. As normal when we're dealing with people in, uh, in Athens and particularly in Europe, it's far too early for you to be drinking. So we'll have an extra one for you on your behalf. So. Oh, this is for Caroline then. That's right. Here's, here's for you, Caroline. Nick, tell us what we're drinking because it actually has a bit of a connection to Caroline, doesn't it? It does. It does. Look, thanks to our amazing sponsors, the Greek Providor. They've been with us all year and I think a bit of last year as well. Mm. We're drinking a Greek vodka called Kastra Elion. We've, we've had this a few times on our uh, episode. But there is a great connection with our uh, with Caroline with this, isn't there, Tom? There is. Caroline, did you maybe want to mention what your connection to Kastra Elion is? Because you've done a little bit of work for them, haven't you? Kastra uh, Elion uh, was a collaboration, is a collaboration uh, that I love very much. The brand and the design and the aesthetic and uh, everything it represents aligns also with uh, my work. And the best part is that uh, when they approached me to collaborate, uh, they gave me total freedom to create and be myself. So this is amazing for an artist, you know, that you don't confine him and put him in specific um, boxes. And uh, I really love the outcome. It's like that, uh, like they gave me white canvases bottle-shaped that I could uh, create art and uh, also I could use you know the colors of Greece uh, we totally aligned and I'm very grateful because they supported me in New York uh, and the opening reception and the closing reception and of course the product is amazing amazing it tastes amazing it really does definitely and I wanted to ask you about how you know, how liberating did it feel for you to be able to work with a brand that, w- that basically said to you, go crazy, do it, you know, do whatever you want? Because most brands would be very protective of the kind of work that, you know, that they would be putting on, the, on, on their product. And it's very rare to have someone come to you and just say, the brief is up to you. Exactly. Yes. I felt totally yeah. aligned, you know, that I could, I just had a canvas. Mm, free. I just like working on, a, on, on an artwork that is uh, in my studio. Look, the amazing thing was you built the, uh, was it the vodka martini box? And it, it sold out really quickly, yeah, I understand. It was amazing. Like in 24 hours, it was uh, sold out. Because um, our sponsor, I think she tried to get one. She couldn't get one, unfortunately. <laughs> so <laughs> None of them got yes, here, I, apparently. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I hope, that we, might, she, she I hope re- that we might do something again in the future because we had a lot of requests, a lot of messages the same day, and I said, sorry, <laughs> I cannot do anything. Definitely. Look, our, our sponsor, Crystal at Greek Provider, really wanted a copy. So she said, look, Nick, if you don't mind asking, but I said, look, I can ask, but... <laughs> <laughs> Echume meson, she says. Look, and what what actually what actually ends up happening to the to the original artwork? Is that something that you hold on to, or is that something that they hold on to? Where where is it currently? The original artwork is on the bottles. Each bottle is one original artwork, so they were numbered and they were made by hand. Uh, right. This is why they were, I think, gone so quickly because. They were handmade, you know, so each bottle is unique. So there was no concept art before that to, to then inform the actual bottle? I have some abstract artworks that I use with neon lights. Mm. They're also in my book and they're called Big Blue, uh, Deep Blue, True Blue. And they're this abstract mm. forms of the Greek blue and white. So the, the only thing we, I, I suggested is that I use this technique on the bottles. So right. this is what I did. I, I couldn't you know, show it exactly how it would be before. And so they trusted me and I was very grateful that they did. And the, when I started doing the bottle, I sent them videos and pictures and everything went smoothly. And it was amazing. Fantastic. The outcome is Sounds amazing. great. So even when you touch mm, the bottle, yeah. when you touch it, you know, you can touch the texture of the colors because it's not printed. Oh, wow. So it's really, really like touching a sculpture. Fascinating. A sculpture. Well, you've got to let us know when you do the, the second edition. <laughs> we, um, we hope okay. there will be okay. one. <laughs> we definitely want in. Yeah. No, look, that's amazing. Should we take it right back to the beginning, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. So, look, I um, understand you're, a, you're from the Greek diaspora, just like me and Tom. Yeah. And you were born in Germany. Yes. Can you tell us what it was like growing Or where, whereabouts in Germany were you born? I was born in Nuremberg, 
I don't know how it's uh, pronounced correctly in English. Yep. So it's a uh, near sure. Munich. My father was Greek and my mother German. But the interesting part is that they fell in love when my mother boarded a ship to live in Sydney, Australia. So she met my father really? on the ship. He was, uh, <laughs> how do you call Naftikos in, uh, in English? Uh, mm. sail- yep. Sailor. 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 Yep. Sailor. So mm. he was working on a Greek cruise ship and my mother boarded it mm-hmm. to go to live in Sydney. So when she met him, she wow. fell in love immediately. They fell in love until they uh, reached Sydney. They were totally in love. And uh, she lived there only, for, I think, for a year or so because then they got married. And they, you know, it was, it was a very nice love story. And I also came to Australia to see where she lived, where this all happened wow. a few years ago. Yes. Wow. So, do you know whereabouts in Sydney? Excuse me? Do you, do you know where in Sydney it was? Do you remember? Uh, Bondi Beach. Bondi Beach. Bondi. Bondi. Beach. Wow. Yeah, wow. Bondi Beach. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Wow, amazing. Do you know by any chance the name of the ship that your father was working on? Uh, yeah, the name was Elinis, and it was from Chandris, okay. the ship owner Chandris. They had a lot of cruise ships, you know, going around the world, and... Mm. Yeah, this is where they met. Wow, what so a you, great story. So you could have been Australian. I could have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Unbelievable. Almost, yeah. I didn't see that one coming, Nick. No, not at all. There you so, go. And, great I, story. And, I, so, and I definitely plan, sorry for interrupting you, to come to Australia and do an exhibition there. It's in my... Oh. I have envisioned it, and I'm, I'm doing that definitely. I don't know how many cities. At least two, I think. Definitely coming over there. Maybe we can get your artwork uh, projected onto the Opera House, maybe. Wow, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice uh, vision. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Look, Caroline, we'll have to book you in from now when you come in. We want you in the studio doing another live podcast, but um, okay. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> that's the okay. first thing. Do that first and then you get your airline ticket. Okay. <laughs> so after your mother left... Uh, left Australia did she go back to Germany or to Greece with your father so they she came back to Greece it was in the mid 70s and uh, it was quite difficult for her because you know she lived in Germany and then Australia and Greece was not so you know advanced in the 70s as other countries in Europe and abroad so where was your dad born? What part of Greece is your dad from? He was born in Piraeus. So he was raised in Piraeus and he grew up there. And I think a lot of Greeks back then were, you know, uh, working on ships because, you know, the shipping and maritime industry is, uh, I think, the second superpower of Greece. You know, it's tourism and mm-hmm. also the marine uh, industry. Maritime industry, not maritime. Were his parents from Piraeus as yes. well, or you're from uh, Gre- another part of Greece? Uh, from Crete. Crete and Samos. Oh, wow. My grandmother and my grandfather. Wow, okay. So you're a bit of an islander as well. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm half, oh, half German and half Greek islander. <laughs> in terms of your family, was anyone in your family artistic as well? Like, is it genetic? Creative, definitely. But I don't know anybody, like, being officially an artist, especially my father and my grandmother, very, very creative. So I was, I can remember myself being months old and, you know, playing with paints, touching stuff. And um, my mom used to help me with that. She was very open-minded. So she was not a typical, how can I say, Greek wife who cooks and has everything ready for the husband to return. In our home, it was like he would come home and she would tell him, oh, sorry, Nico, Nico was his name. Uh, I was playing with nice I was playing with Carolina. My artwork was hanging all around the house. You can imagine it was only splashes of paint. And, you know, it was more important than cooking to help her develop her creative skills. And uh, we will see what we will eat now. <laughs> So, but he was very understanding and very open-minded. And um, I think this is what, you know, helped me develop that side. And uh, they they never stopped, not pushing me, but um, 
helping me develop in that direction and, and not pressuring me to be someone I'm not. So that it was not, you know, you have to be a good student or you have to do that. There was no musts. It was like, you're good in this? Okay, let's help you develop that. And my father was very, like he would find like an old trunk on the street that somebody had left, right? And he would like tell me, oh, Carolina, I found a treasure on the street. So we'd go get it, put it in the car, take it home, and we start painting it, doing yeah. stuff with it. So he, I, I learned how to use tools, paints, any kind of things. And we would listen to a lot of music. So my father never studied that. It was in his DNA, I guess. And he passed it on to me. Uh, but I developed it more because I could, you know. My parents, when they were young, especially my father, they had to work to support the family. There was no time, you know, to do these luxury studies or hobbies so I guess he enjoyed it more when he was older and he had me and we were doing this together and also my mom she, she's not so creative but she was always there to support me it's very interesting that, that you had that sort of upbringing because a lot of the, the stories that we get told from people in the diaspora here is that their parents weren't very supportive when it came to the arts I know. and I think a lot of the time it's because of them being migrants in, in your experience over there, do you think that the way that your parents supported you like that and encouraged you is rare? Or or, or, or did friends of yours around there have similar sort of support? Uh, definitely rare. Um, and when I was growing up, it was in the 80s and the 90s, I mean, going to school. I wasn't a good student in school, so most of the kids, you know, uh, were studying, were having great grades, and I wasn't. I was mediocre and... Sometimes I had to give some exams. To, I, I, I didn't pass, you know, when you, when you have to go back in September to give two lessons or so to go to yes. the next class. Sure. I don't know if you know the Greek system. So yes. <laughs> I wasn't good in math. I wasn't good in chemistry. But they never pushed me. And other kids, I remember, they had to be a doctor. They had to be a lawyer. They had to be the best. They had to go to university. So I'm, I'm very grateful that they didn't push me, you know, and that I was accepted like that. And they, and they let me mm. fall on my face a lot of times so wow. I could learn from <laughs> my experience. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's tough. Wow. I'm also a parent and it's tough yeah. to do that, you know, to not mm. control your kid and let it do a mistake maybe sometimes a big mistake i think no. i think that's the first time we've heard that on this podcast it's it's very mature from your parents it is. to think like that you know and obviously it's work you've turned into this amazing artist so he's kudos to your parents did you go to school in greece or was it in germany where did you grow up i, 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 I yeah i was born in germany but i came to greece uh, on an early age i was around four so it was also a bit of a shock for me back then because I was going to a German kindergarten, Montessori back then, that was very, you know, uh, mm. forward thinking. And when I came to Greece in the 70s, it was a bit of a shock for me as a kid uh, because the school system was not so advanced back then. And um, it was also something that formed me, you know, to adjust and be resilient in life. Uh, to get adjusted that life is not the same all the time and you know you have to grab it <laughs> and do the best you can so I, I went to a public school then I went to a private school uh, my mother insisted back then to go to a private school German, Greek, German school that also mm. helped me a lot um, because I uh, continued getting from both cultures also the German culture also the Greek so now that I grew up I'm older I think that it helped me get the best of both to have a good combination as a human being so Greek schools are much better now but I think they they need a lot of work the public schools there are some really really amazing teachers good teachers but uh, the system, I wish 
it would be a bit better. I hope it will advance. I suspect that you're speaking with a little bit of experience with your with your kids as well. What's your experience been like currently um, with the it, you know, with kids in good. school? Uh, I, my daughter also goes to, goes to private school, so my experience is good. There are a lot of private schools in Greece, uh, but yes. not everybody can afford it. My experience is good. But I cannot speak for everyone that you know has their kids in private school. I know, I know from acquaintances and from friends that uh, some schools are really, really good. They're prototype schools, but mm. a lot of them uh, are not. So not are not. I cannot judge, yeah. but uh, not the best circumstances. Very interesting. Well, look, when did art start becoming really serious for you or becoming a thing for you? Like, was there a moment where your parents said, oh, wow, I think this is maybe something that she should be pursuing as either a career or when, when was that lightning bolt moment? So the lightning bolt moment, I think it, it came, it was a sad uh, part of my period is when my father died. He died when I was 25. And until then, I was um, I was being creative. I studied graphic arts and advertising. I didn't study uh, art because I wasn't a good student, so I couldn't get into art school in Greece. So I went into a private college and and studied, you know, something creative, which turned out to be in my favor later on. But when my uh, father died, it was a very tough moment in my life. And it's like suddenly all the things that he told me, constantly was telling me were like implanted like a bomb in my mind. And I started moving and I never stopped. It was like, oh my God, you know, life can stop, can shatter in every, every, you know, it could shatter now, it can, it was a shock for me, you know. I lost the ground under my feet, and I realized that uh, we have to live now. You cannot postpone everything and say, oh, I will do it one day, I will do it when the time is perfect. No, you have to get moving. And, you know, my father always pushed me and told me, you're wasting your talent. You're, you're not doing anything. You know, parents do that. And I was like, oh, come yeah. on. I was going on vacation. I was having a boyfriend. I was partying, whatever. And I was at Lyle. And when, when he passed, <laughs> yeah, you know, we all do that. The, the older yeah, people come and they, they give us advice. And we're like, oh, come on. You know, I, I'm doing this to my daughter right now. And I'm, oh, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we do that, we hear that, but if we don't fall on our face and we don't, you know, mm. have the experience ourselves, it's, it's hard to listen to somebody else. So uh, when he passed away, it was such a huge shock that, that it's like I say in Greek, uh, bit me, you know, when something bites you and you start running because of the pain or something, I was like, and I really never stopped. I don't know if I would have done everything I've done until today if if this didn't happen you know I don't know well. I don't know it was life changing for me I always knew that I was creative but I I never you know I never started really focusing on it and taking action another thing that happened is you know especially when you're a creative person or an artist you're always afraid of uh, criticism of what people will say, of rejection, of all these things, you know, and you sometimes you freeze, you know, fear either freezes you or you start running. And I, I didn't have any fear it because this that, that what happened to me was so tough that anything else wasn't that scary. So I wasn't scared of... Uh, I don't know, or failure, or whatever. I just started running, starting doing things. And when you're in that kind of mood, and that kind of energy, you attract also the good stuff, you know? Uh, when you're radiating power and confidence, and you're not, you don't have fear, you don't attract bad things. So things started working for me. Of course, I was also working a lot I didn't stop right I was like sitting on a chair and waiting for somebody to do things for me I was always do I was grabbing every chance I would get everything everything that somebody would suggest I'd say okay let's do that I wouldn't think oh how much will I earn or what will fear what will happen after or just 
would grab chances, like when we say in Greek, πέφτουμε στα βαθιά και κολυμπάμε. You know, you fall in deep water and you start yep, swimming. Yep. This is what I was doing constantly, mm-hmm. back to back. So I'm, I'm fascinated by that, though. Wow. That's, that's absolutely brilliant. Inspirational story there. Thank I have you. to ask, though, like, and it might, it might be a hard question to, you know, to I answer, like hard questions. <laughs> in any way, was was that a coping mechanism for you to deal with the grief or was it or was it just a case of you thinking you know what you know i'm inspired by the story of my dad and i just want to i just want to honor that looking back now it was definitely a coping mechanism because i i never really grieved i i i kept myself occupied my brain occupied art has always been Uh, like a therapy for me when I'm in tough places in my life. So I definitely recognize that, that uh, it's a coping mechanism, but it's also a healing mechanism. And it lets me find my own time, not time, the, the, the perfect moment for me to deal with it. So it's like I'm putting the pain on pause until I'm ready to deal with it. But I'm doing it in a, in a creative, in a healthy way, sort of. I'm not going into dark places, you know. I'm in the light, I'm creating, I'm keeping myself uh, occupied in a very, very fruitful way. I'm creating, and if you see what I do, my art, it's always very bright. It has positive messages. I have bright colors. I try never, ever... Even if something is sad, I'm trying to present it in a positive way, with a positive message. Uh, not that I do not recognize that there are bad parts and sad parts and tough parts, but I'm trying always to uh, create the positive side of things. That was actually going to be my next question, because the colors that you use and the way that you, you, know, you do your artwork, it's very positive. So did any of that sort of darkness or you know, sort of come out during that period at, at all? I mean, I know particularly with musicians, for example, like, you know, when they start to express themselves during darker periods, you know, that, that generally starts coming out with, you know, you know within the, the art that they create. Did it ever come out for you? No. When I, wow. when I started grieving, it was like with no artwork in it. I, I just okay. uh, grieved. I was ready to grieve. I cried myself out. Uh, I let it all, I, I, I allowed myself to feel whatever, and then I just put my sleeves up, got up again, and started creating. Uh, I always, uh, I hope I will always do this in my life, I turn everything that might hurt me or um, sad into something bright and colorful, and everything, but everything, when I look back, was a, a lesson in my life that made me stronger, wiser, and I wouldn't change anything, anything. Mm. All, all of the painful things are lessons in our lives. That is actually amazing. It's inspiring. You are inspiring, strong woman. It's just unbelievable that just hearing that story. It's just so fascinating. Absolutely. Oh, where do we go from there, Tom? <laughs> I don't know. Like, honestly, like, I, we, we, haven't, we haven't come across a story like this yet. A lot of the stories that we've come across, and you'd, you'd, probably, you'd probably expect this, Carolyn, but there's a lot of kakomiria in, in the stories that we hear in the diaspora. You know? So it's great to hear someone taking that, you know, the difficulties and the, you know, the challenges that are thrown at them and turning it into something really positive. It's, it's fantastic, isn't it, Nick? It is. Thank you. I Thank read you. somewhere you described your artwork as unpredictable, restless, and emotional. Is this to do with what you've just discussed? Yes. And is there another reason for that? I get inspired mostly by my emotions and things that are going on in my life. This is uh, also my personality. I am like that, so usually when an artist, you know, is really true to himself, his art expresses his soul and what he feels like, so uh, this is what, what I do, you know, and I don't think about it that much, you know, I don't think what other people would say or, uh, oh, if I do that, uh, I don't know, would somebody criticize me? I'm, I'm just expressing what I feel and, in a, you know, and I'm trying 
to inspire people. My main motive is if I can touch somebody's heart, feelings in a positive way, you know, to make them smile, to um, give them a positive message. Uh, this is yeah. the best reward, the best reward I can have. Yeah. And when people write to me, I get a lot of messages and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, and they write to me uh, how much they love what I do and that it talks to them and that I made their day, I made them smile. This is all I can ask for. Beautiful, well said. So can we just delve a little bit deeper into that? So can you give us an example of where would you even start? So you had some emotional, or maybe you saw something tragic on TV. Where would you start with your artwork? Would you, do you put music on? Is there something that you get you in that mindset? Do you lock yourself up? Do you, is it a canvas? Where does the creativity come from? Good question. Uh, creativity comes from all over the place. I mean, sometimes I just wake up in the morning, I'm an early riser, and I just have an idea mm-hmm. in my head. It just pops up. Usually, I don't know how this happens. Uh, my brain works a lot with uh, uh, pictures, you know. When your brain thinks in pictures, it's called some. Mm. It's I, anyway. You're a visual matter. person yes, to begin exactly. with. So, so uh, I don't know how this happens, but when I create an artwork, like the artworks you see in the back, I, I mm, don't. Yeah just have a canvas and I'm thinking. I already have the image in my mind, it just comes in my mind, and I just execute it. I mean, I execute, I don't know if if this is the correct expression. I just execute, it's like I have a picture and I'm doing it, there's no changing it, there's nothing, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking, what, no. I just have it, it pops in my mind, and I start doing it. And I think it's like a mixture of things, the inspiration, because, it can be a lyric from a song I'm hearing in the car, right? Uh, it can be usually sad things do not inspire me. They just move my emotion because you asked me before and I'm just thinking what can I do to, what could I do to help the people, the animals, whoever has been affected of something bad in a in with a positive message or an artwork this this is the only way i get uh, maybe inspired by something negative to, uh, immediately i'm trying to find a positive way to deal with it uh, and get a message across uh, through art and uh, i can also be inspired like flipping through a magazine or seeing an image on a street it's like I'm collecting all these things like a puzzle in my brain and then all these little pieces uh, like in a puzzle they make a bigger picture and it pops in my brain it's ready and I can go and do it that's it and also I I have to add on that because I have a, um, a very large experience I was working as a creative director for many many years and due to my studies and uh, my background, this has helped my brain to develop in uh, thinking uh, in uh, concepts. You know, I, I, I have a concept in my head, like, uh, like when you create an advertising campaign, like Peter Economides does. Mm. You know, yes. when Peter was um, uh, having his speech about Yinete, I was thinking mm. in images, he was inspiring me at that point, I didn't exactly have the exact image in my, in my head, but when I was listening to him, I had goosebumps. I said, wow, this guy, you know, I, ha- I, didn't, I haven't met him back then. And mm. I was like, wow, what is he saying, you know? And mm. all this thing, it just went into my brain. And then my brain started producing. So his yinete, is we can do it, and how? You, you, if you see this, this taruhi, is exactly how my brain works, right? My brain. So I said, what was Peter representing? He was like saying we have to get rid of the old bad stuff. I don't like to use the word bad, but the old mentality of the Greeks that say, then we cannot do this, right? And get a new mentality which says 
we can do that. Γίνεται, γίνεται. So I, th- I said, how can I do this, create this in a picture? So I said, what is really, really like an iconic Greek thing, a traditional thing? And I said, the Tsaruhi shoe, it's recognizable all over the world. And how can you transform this shoe with respect, you know, without respect to the tradition, to the heritage and everything, but give it a twist, a new way of thinking? So what I did, I created a Nike Air sole under the shoe, right? So it's, it's, it's being updated, the shoe is updated, and, it, uh, and, it, and now it can adjust to the new times of Greece and say, we can do it, you know? So I don't know if this makes sense, how I'm explaining it. Absolutely. Oh, perfect sense. Uh, I mean, in, in many... Yeah, in many respects, what you're doing—I mean, Peter must absolutely love the way your brain works because it's obvious that you were you were a creative director in that respect. But in in many ways, you're you're creating symbols and you're symbolizing the you know to you know to represent the stuff that he was talking about. Yeah, and not from my perspective, at least, it's it's some it's been done in a way that that isn't just clever. It's to some degree, it's funny as well. And, it's, exactly. and because of that, it's memorable. It's it's tongue in cheek. It's you know, it, it's brilliant. Mm. You know, hundred percent. Like that was one of my favorite pieces from your artwork. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, it, you. it's traditional, but then it's modern. You're moving forward at a, at a astronomical pace. Like I got a lot out of it as well. So it's, thanks for explaining how you did that. That was mm. amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really, you know, uh, I'm in a blissful state right now. I, I think it's. Yeah. <laughs> for every artist or creative person uh, to to experience the the acceptance and the acknowledgement of other person who uh, view what you're creating and they like it and it touches them and they're expressing themselves uh, you know enthusiastically uh, that's the best reward the best yeah, yeah. and it it, this keeps you but, uh, going you know, you want more. It's like a healthy addiction. You want more and more and more. Absolutely. Definitely. Look, I've got another question, but before I do, I want Tom's view on the artwork before you tell us what, what inspired you to create it. I want to talk about the Greek flag with the white, with the Greek flag crying. So, Tom, yes. you've seen that image? Yeah. It's actually, well, it's, it's actually uh, Peter's favorite one. He owns a print of that or the original one, I think he was saying. So Tom, for you, so what, 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 when you see that, where, where does that take you? How do you read into that well, it's, piece it's, of artwork? It's interesting. Art is subjective, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's a, it's a little bit different for me because we kind of know the story behind it and the period that that piece was created, you know, during the economic crisis. Or maybe it might just be the way that Peter described it to us. You know, this is Greece crying to some, you know, to some degree, you know, under the strain of that period. And I, I kind of connect with with that description of it um, I'd be interested to see though whether Caroline has a different interpretation of what that is I I, I take Peter's one uh, at face value but I'm sure you you know I'm not, I'm not sure whether he's just spruiking what you what you told him or whether that's the actual story behind it it is the actual story and we are mm. we are very in line with Peter and I'm so happy that I finally got to meet him and I've also mm. worked with him uh, on various projects and he's uh, a mentor for me and um, mm-hmm. I'm really really grateful so um, this was actually the first piece I created um, for in, in the, for the collection uh, regarding Greece so and it's mm-hmm. very big I don't know if you've seen it live when you were talking to Peter it's like it's two meters wide and one and a half meter tall, I think. So it was again an image that came into my head, and it was during the economic crisis in Greek, in Greece. It was uh, very sad to experience the Greek people going through that. And I remember I was coming. I was living abroad at that point and I was coming back to Greece and I was seeing, I was going to a friend's house and it was winter and they wouldn't have heating and they were wearing their jackets and they had small kids. 
So these were uh, circumstances that were, you know, out of our minds. It was inconceivable. Um, and I, I saw businessmen losing their businesses. Don't, it was really, really hard and tough. Uh, I, I always loved the Greek flag as a symbol, but it was kind of a taboo to use it. You were being considered like an mm. ethnicist. It was, you know, not many people touched it as a symbol to do art with it. And um, I was thinking, this was a, another thought that both of them combined, I started using the, um, uh, the flag uh, in my art. So I was thinking, why do, uh, for example, uh, the US flag, many Greeks are wearing the US flag on t-shirts, or their, uh, the English flag, or the Australian flag, you know, like uh, on brands, on famous brands. And I was saying, why don't we wear our flag? I mean, it's so pretty and nice. Absolutely. And why don't we do it fashionable and um, use it, you know, uh, as an aesthetic? And now everybody's doing it, but back then it was not so common yet. And um, so I had the one thought uh, about the flag in my head, and then I had the emotion with what was happening in Greece, and it just popped in my head. I said, I'm going to. Create. I didn't even know that I was going to do a whole collection and a book and all this. It was just a pop thing. I just did it. And I, I just, I created it like in one night. I was working nonstop. I took a huge canvas. I, I, I said to myself, this has to be huge. It has to have an impact. And after, I think, two years, we had a common friend, Kostis Frangoulis. He's a, uh, he works in the shipping um, business. Mm. And he told me, you know what, Carolina, I know Peter Economides, I didn't know him back then, and he has his birthday, I want to buy this painting from you, and I want to give it to him as a gift. And I was like, wow, this man who inspired me is going to have my painting now in his house, you know, and um, this is how we met with Peter, through this flag I created, which he inspired me of, you know, doing the, all these artworks and this is how th- this is what I was telling you earlier Amazing. earlier you know the energy when you are thinking positive and you don't think of obstacles and you just go you do it and things start you know synchronicity going your way and you attract the things that you want and this is not you know a lot of people are uh, you know uh, going um, listening and going to seminars about self-help and all these things but it actually works you know it really it really I, I'm, I'm living it I'm living it for years now it, it works uh, all these things that people are uh, teaching about the coaches and the life coaches and the books uh, it really works Fascinating. Insp- no. You've done it again to us. Yeah. <laughs> Inspired again. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> you are known as a conceptual artist. Can you describe to us what that is in a bit more detail? Okay. Uh, as I perceive it, um, is that you um, work with a concept. So you work around a concept. And it's not just like a collection, for example, of trees or of fishes or landscapes. So if I can give you an example, the All You Need Is Greece collection I have is a concept. It's not just artworks about Greece. So it's a 360 concept. It's a book. It's an exhibition. It's, uh, there are two short films representing it and it has many forms of um, implementing this concept in an artistic and creative way. So even the, the part that I uh, climbed Mount Olympus to create a flag was a conceptual artwork. It was a concept behind that and I executed it in an artistic way with uh, different mediums, film, artwork, also the, the copyright, the text that I was uh, saying in the film. Looking at some of the artwork, you know, it's, it's hard to see you know, some of the influences because you've made it your own, but I, I would venture to say that you know, the pop art 
sitting right next to you there with the Agua Lemon. The first thing people think when they think pop art more often than not is Andy Warhol and people like people of that that ilk. Who were your influences when it came to, to doing this kind of work? Oh, definitely Andy Warhol and pop art. And um, I will tell you also, I will explain, tell you is Greek. When you translate Greek, I will tell you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sometimes You're I do friends. That, yeah. The listeners are all Greek. Yeah, so, so, you know, it's... Anyway, um, uh, definitely, uh, I will start where, uh, where I got my influences. I, was, I grew up, I was a teenager, early teenager in the 80s. So uh, I was influenced by the 80s very much. Uh, yeah. You know, the branding, the Coca-Cola advertising, MTV, the, all the, yeah, I was recording the, uh, on videotape, how the VHS tapes, you know, the, yes, the, how do you say, the video clips of the artists, all all the artwork on MTV, neon signs, you know, the, the bright colors in, in the eighties, they, we had a lot of neon colors, you know, the, is it called correctly neon? The, oh, the fluoro? The fluor, yes, the fluor, fluorescent colors. Yes. And you can definitely see that in my work. Yeah, the influences, mm. the bright, the neon light, but also the fluent colors, the iconic symbols used in the decade, the branding, the logos, and pop art. Pop art. And also, mm. uh, me, uh, my work as a graphic designer. And working in advertising is also, you know, very a pop way to uh, mix with your art. And this is uh, also a background. I'm not comparing myself to Andy Warhol, of course, but it was also his background. Yes. Yes. So I'm definitely influenced by him. But I didn't just copy Andy Warhol by doing the Avro Lemon Can. If I did only that, I think I was I would be disappointed from myself yeah. what I did what I did because I always tried to set the bar high is I took internationally known symbols not only Greek symbols like the Rolling Stones tongue like Roy Lichtenstein artwork and the concept is that I took all these symbols that are known to international people not only Greeks and I turned them into something Greek so when somebody sees mm-hmm. the soup can it is familiar it reminds them of New York, of Andy Warhol, but if they look at it, it says Greece. So if somebody sees the tongue, the Rolling Stones tongue, it has a mustache and it says the Greek rock stars and it says Greek flag. So you, you say, I know that, it's familiar, I like it, but it's yeah. it's Greeklified, you know? Then, yes. and, and every artwork I do, I study it before, I have it in my mind and then, before implementing it, I, I do a lot of research. For example, I created the Nike logo with a wing, the swoosh, you know? And I don't know if you know that, but it was inspired by the Greek goddess of victory. This is how it, uh, mm-hmm. it was formed by a graphic designer. Sure. So when you look at it, I redesigned it. And when you first look at it, you think it's a Nike logo, but it's not. It has this the, the shape, but it's uh, it has a wing on it, and the Nike is uh, at the end with an eta, a Greek eta, which says Nike in Greek. Mm-hmm. So it's actually going back to his roots. I you know mm. I made it Greek, and yes. uh, so back to the influence uh, is of course the branding, the logos, and mostly. Uh, the decade of the 80s, I think, when I was really, really, you know, absorbing things and being a teenager and getting my identity, um, the music, and all that. And of course, well, Greece. What sort of music do you listen to? I, I always find that Greeks have a very eclectic in- interest in music. They have. Um, I listen to everything. I, it depends on my mood. I'm not, uh, I can listen to classical music, I can listen Mm -hmm. to rock, to heavy metal, I listen to techno, I listen to ambient, I listen to Greek music. Uh, There are no boundaries, it depends on my mood. Mm. So I have lists on Spotify and I name them, you know, and I, whatever my mood is, I 
God, in that, that way, does your music choice sort of mirror your artistic choices at all, or does one feed off the other in, in any respect? Uh, the music no. is just a companion, companion when I work yep. to you know boost my mood. That's it. I I love working with music when I'm alone in my studio and I work. I dance. I sing. I do a performance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, nobody sees me because otherwise I wouldn't do it. Yes. Shy. <laughs> maybe a future art installation. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I have Review to dancing. work on my. I have to work on my shyness on that. But maybe I, I'm open to everything. <laughs> Well, let, let's talk about Greece's influence because, obvi- you know, obviously it's been a huge part of a uh, part of your work. What's is it? Does it come from a point of patriotism, or is it just that Greece has so many amazing symbols to work with? I think more more of the second. Of course, we are um, the Greek people. Um, it's in our DNA. When it's rough, when it's tough, we unite and we we perform miracles. There are also, you know, things that are negative, but I choose to ignore them because sometimes, you know, I get the you're living in a dream world and there's so many problems and people are starving and blah blah and this problem and that problem and I know they exist. My mission is to focus on the good stuff and to emphasize the good stuff and to promote, uh, you know, uh, the Greek spirit, Hellenism, and whatever I can with my a few uh, sources of power uh, wherever I can. I choose, you know, to see the good things, the good stuff, and it's also my healing place. Greece is a haven, as Tom Hanks says. Um, I, I've lived, I've traveled in a lot of countries. I was fortunate to, to travel around the world and see other countries, and we are a blessed, blessed uh, place, country. We have everything we do. It's small, but it's so blessed. And even, I say that sometimes as a small joke, even if you don't have a penny in your pocket, right? You can just go and sit on a beach, take a souvlaki, it doesn't cost a lot, and just enjoy a beautiful sunset and your mood will change. Not many countries have that, you cannot afford that. You cannot, if you live in Ukraine, for example, you cannot do that, right? You are going to drink vodka and be somewhere in the cold. In, in Greece, even in the winter time, you can just be somewhere outside and uplift your spirit and have a good time. And also the Greek people, they're so, most of them are so good and kind, even strangers, you know. They're always really there to help, especially if somebody's in need. You see how much they unite and they do things. And I, I've seen also a lot of young people, to my pleasant surprise, that are so active in helping, you know, because many times people say, oh, they're young, they only like to party, they're not, you know, conscious, and not, how can I say, serious. And I've seen so many young, younger people in their 20s and early 30s doing such amazing things uh, creating companies, helping, doing charity work. Uh, it's, it gives hope. It gives me hope seeing them. And I hope when my daughter grows up, uh, she will do even more. Wow, well fascinating. Said. Yeah, Look, I can definitely agree with you. I've, I've traveled around the world as well. I think I've been to over 40 countries now. And there's nothing like Greece. And it's the people as well. I'm glad you mentioned the people because I just got back from six weeks spending in Greece and the people just made a massive difference, as well as the geography, the beaches, the landscape. That's why I'm planning to go there every year now. So, so I, I can totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, I just want to touch on your, your recent uh, exhibition in New York. Mm. T- tell us, how did the New Yorkers react to your exhibition? And why was it so important that you had to take an exhibition to New York? Um, first of all, it was a dream come true. I think every artist dreams of having an exhibition uh, in the metropolis of the arts, especially a solo exhibition. So it was something I was always dreaming about. And um, I guess it had to be the right time to do it, to have a project like that. Um, It was uh, an amazing experience, a heartwarming experience. Um, 
I couldn't imagine before that so many uh, Greek people of the diaspora would come and honor me and um, uh, you know uh, spend their time with me uh, to view my art, to buy the book, to talk to me. Uh, it was so touching and um, it is one of the biggest highlights of my life uh, doing that and wow. I, I want definitely want more and uh, my vision is you know to uh, create uh, more art more artworks because I have a lot in my mind I just didn't have the time to do them and um, do more exhibitions uh, for the Hellenic uh, diaspora, for the Greeks in diaspora, to travel to Australia, uh, to more uh, to Canada, to uh, some more cities in the U.S. like Chicago and Los Angeles. So this is the the plan, the strategy for the future. And New York was uh, coming back to that. I also had some artworks that are related to New York, like okay, this the soup can, but I also have some other artworks that. Um, like uh, there's a this uh, coffee cup that is in most of the movies you know it's a blue one that has the the greek uh mm -hmm. signs on it and it says we are happy to serve you and it's it started i think in the 70s in the greek coffee shops and it's iconic even the moma museum has this uh coffee cup and uh it's made out of uh, porcelain i think and you can buy it so I used that coffee cup, it's one of my artworks, and I changed mm. the, the logo which says, we are happy to serve you, and I, I, this is how I changed it again. I said, we are happy to show you Greece. So I had a lot of artworks like that, also like the Tiffany's uh, engagement ring, which is like a, a Tiffany's box, and you open it and it has a diamond ring which consists of a Greek flag, and it says, um, uh, the most precious diamond uh, on earth and it's like it's Greece so I have a lot of artworks that are related with uh, you know with New York and um, I think it was very symbolic starting there this journey to showcase the all you need is Greece collection in New York and I the plan is that to every city I travel to create again artworks that combine the culture of the city uh, with the Greek culture, the symbols and Amazing. everything. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, it was great to hear the American, Greek-American diaspora embraced you and, you know, because we, we love them as well. They give a lot of feedback on our podcast as well. But look, just keep bringing it to the next question. So you go about, say, just say if Uzo talked, Tom and I inspired you. What creation would you come up with? <laughs> I, I think I would create um, two guys with a mustache. This comes to my mind. Uh, but in a funny style, you don't have mustaches, but I would, you know, put the Greek in, and I would definitely have a drink and some slogan. Uh, but I, I, I have to think about it because you got, got me off car, guard now. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, it's something to think about. I will come back on no. that. Visu okay. Visually. <laughs> okay, so we might have to grow a moustache, Tom. I think so, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Look, this next question might be a little bit difficult for you because you've got such, so many amazing pieces of artwork. Do you have a favourite out of all the pieces of artwork that you've done? In terms of... Yes, I have one. And it's in terms of what I felt creating it. And it's the one I created on the top of Mount Olympus because uh, it was something that was I had to uh, surpass fear. It was a challenge. This is the word I was looking for. It was a great, great challenge. And I tried twice doing it. The first time it was a failure due to weather conditions and I had to wait one year to try again, but I was persisting. And uh, when I was up there doing that, wow, the energy, being on top of Greece, the sun was shining. Uh, and 
with some sort of magical way, nobody else was there because most of the time tourists are there, they're, you know, tourists, climbers that come from all over the world. Nobody was there. I was all alone on the top painting a Greek flag. I cannot describe the feeling. It's out of this world. It's out of it. And I'm so happy we did this movie with a great team. They, they are called Womb Films, like the Womb we have. And you should check them out. They do amazing stuff. And if I had to choose one, this is it. And the first time I showcased it was in New York. The artwork. Wow. This piece went. It, we, we climbed with it on top of Mount Olympus. I drew it and we climbed back with a piece on the back, you know. It has scratches, it has something. Imagine the whole thing. Uh, it's, not a, it's something that was created only once. It will not happen again. It's unique. And no else has, nobody else has ever done it. No artist had ever mm-hmm. done this before. Like, this is performance art. Go on the top of Mount yeah. Olympus, create an artwork, and bring it down again. And um, so this is definitely uh, my favorite art piece. It symbolizes well, a lot. It's this artwork it, touched by the gods. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, and how I, do you top uh, that, Tom? Um, yeah, top of Mount Olympus. It symbolizes... <laughs> It symbolizes the power that we have within us. It's called Halas, the power within us. And if you watch the movie, the short film, you can search, people can search it on YouTube. It's called uh, The Power Within Us, Halas, the power within us. Mm. Um, It symbolizes the strength that we have inside of us, and especially the Greeks. When we always do that, we overcome obstacles we unite you know and we create miracles when nobody expected against all odds the Greeks do it like winning the euro in 2004 (laughs) and um, (laughs) so it symbolizes that you know of this of this strength and it's also a personal uh, expression of course Mm. of myself amazing so brilliant that is fantastic what a yeah, and I, you, you can't top that. No, now. you can't. <laughs> I, I this have is, to this top has been it. one of those podcasts. You know, I, <laughs> well, I, you do, I, yes, you do. I have to top it now because I set the bar very high, and I'm not stopping. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. sometimes I joke and I say, "What's the next thing gonna be? I'm gonna go to the moon and paint on the moon or something." Yeah. <laughs> I have to find the next thing now, and I don't know what it is, but I will definitely find it. Under, I underwater in Santorini, maybe. In the you know there. what? You are the third person to tell me that, and I think I probably really? will do that. I will find a way. Yeah. You're joking. No, I'm not joking. I just that just. <laughs> Just said that as no, a joke. No, no, no. <laughs> See, there you go. There you go really, Tom. really, really. You're the third. You got it. I, I was on a TV show in Greece like a week ago, and they said the same thing. And wow. Uh, yeah. I'm, I maybe. swear I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you didn't. But you know, these are messages. They're not happening like that. Yeah. So maybe yeah. this is, will be the next thing. Maybe I have to find a way to do that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Or you could come yeah. to Sydney on top of the Harbour Bridge and paint the furthest the Greek diaspora have ever gone. <laughs> Very nice idea. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs creative directors like when it. you have us, us buffheads? Exactly. <laughs> like, the, more, the more vodka we drink, the, yeah. the better we get. <laughs> it's, in, it's inspiring. It's inspiring us. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where to go from there because honestly, like this, is, you know, this went to places that I didn't really expect us mm. to go. And it's, you know, it, it speaks to the idea that art can be so inspiring and can be such a, such a force for, for uniting people. And I, I, think that's, I think that's the main message that I'm getting from this, uh, Carolina, because, you know, your artwork, you know, whether it's specifically to do with Greece or it sort of skirts around it, is very inspiring. And now that we know the story behind a lot of this as well, particularly your personal story and what's inspired you, I think that's only going to get even deeper the more, and the more people understand that. The value and the importance of your artwork is, is only going to increase. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. Yeah. It's been a genuine honor to have you here. Where can people find out more about you? or Where, where can they get in touch with you or buy your book and, and, and whatnot? So uh, definitely my website. It's 
Caroline with a C-E, Caroline, rovithi.com. Uh, otherwise, on Instagram, that's again, Caroline Rovithi. Fantastic. Wow. It. Just Google you. You're everywhere. Yeah, make sure you're Googling Caroline. <laughs> You'll find her all over the place. It's I'm, tr- <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Look, thank you so much for sharing your story, Caroline. Yeah. It was so inspirational. I learned so much about you and our culture and everything else. So keep on doing what you're doing and we hope to see you in Sydney definitely I hope to see you too I will you will be the first ones I visit that's a promise your studio well, I'm not we'll going hold anywhere. you to that directly from the airport I'm coming with a vodka to your studio we'll, we'll come and pick you up we'll pick you up okay. we'll come because the airport's right here great <laughs> we're nice and close great, great. Or we we may see you in Greece. So yeah, okay. all that. We could be heading back to Greece. We're going to be heading back next year anyway. Okay. We'll, 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 find, we'll find each other somewhere. Okay, definitely. <laughs> Talk at outlook.com as ever is the email. Follow us on social media at Talk and at Talk on Instagram. Nikathanasiu, thank you very much, mate. Tom, as always, been a pleasure. Caroline, you've been amazing. Thank you thank so you much, everyone. guys. Thank you. Ακολουθήστε μας στο Soundees, στο Spotify, στο Apple Podcasts και στο Google Podcasts.